1: Welcome into The Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. We want to thank you all for starting your weekend with us right here on The Housing Hour. Don't forget, I can tell you a couple of ways to plug in with us. Thehousinghour.com. You can listen to our shows live and also archive shows. Um, You also have the web app that you can download as well. And we're continuing this week on the series that I can't tell you how excited I am about, which is the Vol Nation series. Of course, we had our first installment. Now we're here talking to Bob Kessling in our second installment, and we are so excited. Thank you so much, Bob, for coming in and doing this with us. Kevin, my pleasure. Good to see you guys. Absolutely. And so just setting it up for everybody, we decided to do this great Vol Nation series, and it, it was it was meant to talk about, you know, why is Volunation so special? You know, we do mortgages in Knoxville, and we have, you know, been in Knoxville since 1989. Um, So we, you know, obviously been here for 24 years, and that's a long time. But, you know, the history of this community is so rich with so many different things. And so our hope was to bring back either former volunteers or current volunteers. That's our hope. And we're going to get Bob to help us with that, actually. But anybody that you know calls Tennessee home. You know, we have a lot of former players that have since moved on from playing football but have decided to call this community their home. And nobody that would know better than Bob Kessling about that. Now, Bob, 1972 you were a walk-on fullback if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: That's correct. Yeah, Tennessee's yeah. trying to forget about that, but yeah, <laughs> I was on the team.
1: That's right. And So, you know, obviously you had a career in broadcast and and you started, you know, being the spotter for John Ward, Mm -hmm. you know, just soon after while you were in school, which I think is fascinating. Um, What is it about Tennessee that made you say, you know what, I could probably go to many different cities?
2: Well, you know what happened? Um, I was in high school up in Ohio and I was recruited by some small schools, Ohio Wesleyan, some of those Muskingum, some of those. And I could have gone to to play football there. Uh, You know, I was just a very average, maybe above average football player, nothing great. I mean, not all state, none of that kind of stuff. I just wanted to play, see if I can go someplace. And, you know, when you get some letters, you think, well, maybe you are better than you think you are. So I was kind of exploring it. And, you know, our high school football coach used to put on highlight films on Friday before we played to get us fired up. And so one year he put on the 1967 or 69, one of those two, the championship season for Tennessee uh, probably 69. And so I saw the guys jumping up and down in the orange shirts, and I thought, man, that's, that's pretty special. And uh, so I got this inkling that, you know, if you're going to play college football and you go to a small school and you have a decent career, you would always wonder if you could have played in a bigger school. So uh, a buddy of mine came down to Tennessee, and we drove down I-75 with his dad, and he wanted to see about walking on the basketball team, which he did and made the team. And I was going to walk on the football team. And I walked – I did not call ahead, didn't have any game film, had nothing. And I walked into Bill Battle's office. He was the coach back in 72, unannounced, and said, uh, I'm a high school guy from you know Kettering, Ohio, and want to see about walking on the football team. And he brought me in his office, and he talked to me, and he wanted to know all about me. He took me down to the, uh, the uh, assistant coach's offices where they had – that time, Don McCleary and Kurt Watson, two of the great tailbacks and fullbacks in Tennessee history, uh, they were the uh, freshman coaches, running back coaches, and so they sat me down and they showed me game film and they showed me how the offense worked and went back to Coach Battle's office and uh, he said, uh, "Here's the 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 workout schedule for this summer. If you get in school, you're a Tennessee volunteer." And wow! It, it, it was and I thought. I don't know if that would have happened if I walked down to Bear Bryant's office or mm. Bo Beckler or Woody Hayes' office, that would have happened. But Bill Battle was so welcoming and so nice and just – and he didn't promise me anything. He just said, you get a chance if you get in school, if they accept you to school here. Mm. And I just thought – I was sold. I just thought – and and I found since then this community is so welcoming and it's, it's – that was a very much of an implication about what this community is all about and I got that firsthand and – in my profession, usually people move around. They've got they go to five or six different cities, and and I've had a bunch of different jobs. But I've been always fortunate to be able to stay in Knoxville, and that's been very very. Have you ever me. gotten the bug to go outside of Knoxville? Have what? you ever got the Today Show call? No. Well, you know I've gotten you. You get feelers, but you always you always weigh it. You know I was fortunate. I worked at WIVK when I first started in radio. So you'd have to really find a better radio station than WIVK to to, to work. Then I got hired at Channel Ten when Channel Ten, Bill Williams and Margie Ison and Edie Ellis and all of those folks and at the top of the ratings in the state and one of the highest rated television stations in, in America. And uh, we had, you know, Jim Hart was the general manager, and it was just a great place to work. Mm-hmm. And I always thought about, I wasn't looking for a bigger market; I was looking for a better job. And I never found a better job than what I had at channel 10. And it's
3: the Bull brothers yeah. that really kept you. <laughs> yeah, going that, was it.
2: that was, that was something else. Uh, and then, uh, and then of course the, the job at Tennessee came open. I was very fortunate that Doug Dickey had enough confidence in me to, to, uh, take on the task of replacing the legend, John Ward. And, uh, so I've been very fortunate. My, you know, my, it was, th- this is a true story. My wife, uh, we went to high school together. So we've been high school sweethearts forever and we've known each other forever. And, and, uh, but she had no ties to Knoxville. And so she went to Kentucky for a couple of years and transferred down here, uh, last two years of school. But she kept saying the whole time, she said, I'm not I'm not gonna stay in Knoxville. We're uh-huh. gonna we are we got to go someplace else. And I said, Well, you know, it depends on where the job is and we'll and so she's Well, I don't care what you we're 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 not gonna stay in Knoxville. You know, you need to find another <laughs> job. When you get something established, you need to find another place. So like we like you said, uh After I got the job at Channel 10, I got some feelers and some folks, you know, were asking me if I might want to come uh, down to a, a couple opportunities down in Florida. So I thought she'd be thrilled. You know, we had a chance to go to the, you know, you'd be near the beach and everything would be great. And so... Uh, by the time we had a you know a couple of kids and I said, you know, I've got this opportunity. She said, well, enjoy it. I'm not leaving Knoxville. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> this is the best place in the world to raise kids and have a family. Yeah. I'm not leaving here. So yeah. you can go down there if you want, but I'm staying here. So well,
1: You know, Knoxville always ranked very high when it comes to raising a family, yeah. um, whether it be home appreciation. We always have seen the best of the best. We don't see the, the huge highs in appreciation. We don't see the huge lows. So it's a very even keel. And I think that's in every respect, whether it be from the social things that we offer to the spectator events. I mean, it's just a really great place to live. And so, I mean, speaking of that, you know, you look at, you know, the way Tennessee is set up and you look at the way that the community is set up. In my mind, one of the biggest things going is the Tennessee volunteers, you yeah. know, and it's, it's almost as if it doesn't matter whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, last year, you know, some people would have said it was a down year from a spectator standpoint. Well, we still had packed 70, 80,000 people in. So you know, can you put a, I guess, a finger on or or help to articulate why? I mean, you know, Bob, I can remember going to my very first game with my dad at Neyland Stadium, like it was yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was six years old. There was something special about that walk down Neyland Drive and just the whole feeling that I had, the smells, you know. And maybe every community has that. Maybe if you went to Ohio State, the kids would be able to say the same things, but I don't think so. You know, you see that sea of orange when you look at the stadium. You know, there's just something that's very hard to explain. It's a feeling that you, that you get. And I think that the people who continue to stay around, they get that feeling too.
2: Well, but I think you hit it. Um, you get it at a very young age, and it's part of your fiber. And how you and, and we got to remember when your folks were growing up, there were no pro sports. Right. I mean, Tennessee was the team across the state. And people in West Tennessee, you know, when I go around the state visiting stations and and I talked to people, they would tell you about, you know, they'd, they'd be in Dyersburg and they'd get up at 6 in the morning and they'd stop in Nashville to have uh, breakfast and then he'd come over to this game at Neyland Stadium and then they would drive back and they'd have dinner in Nashville. I mean, it was a ritual that they did. And it's just part of what we've always done in this state. And mm-hmm. it's it's so special and so important. You know, the, 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 the landscape has changed a bit now that you've got some pro sports in town. But still, the dominant, dominant team in this state All across the state continues to be the Tennessee Volunteers, and and so it's just it's kind of what you do when you grow up. I mean, it's part of you, and uh, that's and and I know Coach Dickey always used to say tradition never graduates, Mm. and I think that's so very true that uh, it doesn't matter where people if they leave Knoxville or they come back or they're across the state that. Tennessee football and Tennessee sports is still very much a part of them, wherever they're going, and you can see that.
3: How does how did the television change the radio aspect? Because I remember as a kid in the 60s, you listened to that radio. Mm-hmm. That was your your ticket. That was the only way to see it um, is through your ears.
2: Yeah, well, so obviously, you know, it has changed. I mean, back when I started working for the Vol Network, uh, back when I was in school in the 70s, if he if had two games on television, that was big, Yeah. you know, exactly. and so, you know, John Ward was your link. And so everybody would set aside, and you would, and you would just sit there, and it was just you and John battling Alabama, and that, and that is a special connection mm-hmm. that I think a lot of folks developed, and that never leaves you either. I mean, you mm-hmm. still remember, you know, last night I was watching a, a Cincinnati Reds baseball game, and uh, and they brought George Culver. He was out. He's a he's a longtime pitcher, George Culver. Uh, threw a no-hitter for the Reds one time. Yeah. And I, and so when I was growing up in Ohio, I was a big Reds fan. And so if uh, – and I'll never forget this. It was in 1968, and George Culver was pitching for the Reds against the Philadelphia Phillies in Connie Mack Stadium. And so I was upstairs. It was in July, July 29th, 68. So I'm upstairs, and I'm reading the newspaper, box scores and stuff like that of the baseball games. Well, Culver gets them out in the first inning, gets them out in the second inning without giving up a hit third inning, fourth inning. Well, I haven't moved. I've stayed in the same position. I'm not going to jinx him. I'm not moving until he gives up a hit. Sixth inning goes by. Seventh inning goes by. The whole right side of my body is numb because I've been laying on my elbow for like three hours now. Eighth inning goes by. Ninth inning goes by. George Culver pitched a no-hitter. And so I was going to get up to celebrate, but my whole body was like asleep and numb, and I couldn't I had to get my brother to roll me off the bed. But I started jumping up and down. But that's the kind of bonds and the relationships yeah. you made. You didn't want to dare jinx George Culver by moving or flipping the right. newspaper page, so you you stayed there. and That's, that's hilarious. And that's what a lot of people would, would do with that connection with the radio. So it was very, very special back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, but it has changed some. Now, a lot of people still uh, and a, will turn down the television sound because they want that link with their announcer, Absolutely. And, and you see that. And uh, and of course, people. Not everybody is in front of a television set. We forget that, and people are traveling and doing. There's things. a trick
1: to that because you you have to to set the DVR in such a way that that's right. That it's that it's automatically <laughs> going with the game. That's right.
2: Um, and and there is technology that you know eventually they're going to get the radios to hook up because there are delays yeah. and satellite transmissions and it's way too complicated. With the for smart show. TV,
1: CBS Sports needs to have an option to plug in Bob Kessling there you go. into <laughs> yeah. if you'd like Write to. Write them a letter and I tell will. them that. But a lot
2: of, you know, it's going to that. And it of course, says that all these apps and everything get, you know, more uh, more advanced. Uh, I think they'll be able to do that more. But still, yeah. but still, there's a, there's a great bond and a great relationship between the hometown announcer mm. and that team.
1: Is and, there any way I should sit during the fall season, maybe, so that we could have an increase?
2: I tell you what, if they're kicking Alabama, don't move, just stay there. there. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's going to be a tough
1: game down in Alabama. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we only have about two minutes left in this segment, but you know, one of the things that that I'll thought about as I was preparing for this, this, uh, interview with you today was the transition that occurred for all Tennesseans when John Ward Mm -hmm. left. Um, and you know, I'll never forget that last football game that he called and, you know, everybody was wondering what's going to happen. Who You know, is it going to be, you know, and there were several people that you thought about Mike Keith, Keith, Bob Kessling came up, you know, everybody was Mm -hmm. thinking. So, you know, for me, it was, it was almost like you know, even though you have a, a rich history, it it wasn't something I was completely comfortable with just right away. And I think a lot of people would say that because they were so accustomed to John Ward's voice. Oh, I
3: definitely didn't want John to leave. Yeah, no, exactly. I, nobody that. did.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, exactly. I, I, but you've I, done I a great
3: job, job, and I love you. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I know, I know. That's you know, it's funny. I get that a lot, Bob. You do a great job, but <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I, you know, I was sure which John was still here. But and I think so at this point,
1: it, I, I've become. Now your voice has replaced John Ward's voice, and when I hear the checkerboards and the sayings that you've developed, I have that same rich feeling that I felt with John Ward.
3: But there was a certain point where you started doing Lady Vols. Um, when yeah. was that? You started
1: he called six we, of the six. Well, of yeah, the well,
2: I started in '78. Well, actually, John, the first play-by-play team for the Vol for the Lady Vols, John Ward, A.W. Davis, and me, and it was in '78 when we went out just to do their postseason games. And then in '79, John did a f- first couple of games, and then he found out his schedule was too right. tough and uh, too many conflicts. And so I started doing the games in '79.
3: That's when I was in the UT band and doing right. the pet band for the Lady Vols. Yeah. And I remember you doing yeah. the call, and I thought I was so confused because I didn't understand. Why John Ward
2: was <laughs> well, like. I got you know back in those days, uh, I got paid fifteen bucks a game. And I had to take my gas money out of the, the 15 bucks. so I didn't make much money doing lady yeah. balls back then.
1: Well, we're here with Bob Kessling. He's the director of broadcasting for the University of Tennessee. We're continuing this conversation right after these messages. Hey, I'm Kevin Ray, the host of The Housing Hour. Please join me and my co-host, Mark Griffith, every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. as we bring you the latest news and current issues regarding the housing market.
3: Also, check out our
1: website, thehousinghour.com, for a treasure trove of information. So join us each week and keep up with the why and why not of mortgage lending. The Housing Hour is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour, Saturdays from 8 to 9 a.m. on News Talk 98.7. I'm Brantley
2: Rivers with Acme Block & Brick. Is your
4: backyard ready for the warm weather? The flowers are blooming, the beds are mulched, and the shrubs are trimmed. But is there something missing that you just can't seem to put your finger on? Well, at Acme Block & Brick, our family-owned business has been helping families just like yours since 1942 get the full potential out of their yards by using our hardscape design. We carry high-quality brick and stone products such as Pine Hall, Belden, and Belgard products. And Acme Block & Brick has the professional staff that has the experience to take your backyard and Turn it into the outdoor living space of your dreams.
0: Our helpful staff will also listen to your concerns, work with your budget, and provide the right ideas that will enhance your yard's full potential. So come visit one of our three locations in Kingston,
4: Crossville, and Alcoa, or check us out online at acmeblockandbrick.com. Enhance your
0: curb appeal and see what a little stone can do for you. See
4: what a little stone can do, Acme Block.
5: I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call. 777-1040 or visit our website at TANOX.com.
1: Great. Where is this going to come from? There's no way. How am I going to pay my mortgage?
0: First, I'd lose my job. And now, I'm about to lose my house. What happened to the American dream? There's got to be something I can do.
2: There is. Keep My Tennessee Home has U.S. funds for struggling Tennessee homeowners. Visit
4: Keep My Tennessee Home at keepmytnhome.org and see if you qualify. Today. Every day, people make our community safer, stronger, and a better place to enjoy our family and friends. Hi, this is Dave Folk. News Talk 98.7 and Fleener Security Systems will recognize a special person each Tuesday in the 1 o'clock news. They'll be called Folk Heroes, and as a bonus, get two tickets to Carmike Cinemas. If you'd like to nominate a Folk Hero, email me, folk01 at gmail.com. You spell that F-O-U-L-K. News Talk 98.7, Fleener Security Systems. Salute all Folk Heroes.
5: Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive, your acne can heal and you can prevent new breakouts from happening. We're going to let a million people try Proactive risk free, get two free gifts and free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. Visit GetProactive.com or call 1-800-620-4646. That's 1-800-620-4646.
3: Home ownership matters and Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you with all your home financing needs. Whether it's a purchase or refinance, our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options. So call us today. 800-489-8910 or visit us online at MortgageInvestorsGroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111.
4: Monday on the Triple H Morning Show, Chris Christie says Rand Paul and the Libertarians are dangerous to the GOP. Got to talk about that. Plus, two governors say Obamacare won't work. I say it doesn't have to. The number one reason, Monday, MIT is doing some freaky stuff with the brain. Are you ready for that? We light the wick of truth on the candle of talk Monday at 530, the halloran and Hilton Hill Morning Show. Have a great weekend. Talk it up. News Talk 987 W O K I.
0: The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the housing hours. This is Kevin Ray again here, your host, here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. And we want to talk about, for a moment, our, um, one of our sponsors who supports us, and it's somebody that uh, Mark and I believe very strongly, and that's Admiral Title. Admiral Title, been around almost for nine years now, and what they do is they help you with your real estate closing. When you get done with going through the mortgage process, and you're going to close on that dream home, or maybe you're refinancing to a better rate, they're the folks that you go into their office, and they help you to sign all of those documents. It's very important that you have someone that you can trust, and somebody that we trust, So that when you do that process, you know that every I is being dotted and every T is being crossed. And Admiral has really proven that they can do just that. And, you know, Phyllis had been with Mortgage Investors Group for over 15 years, and she took a lot of the same principles that MIG carries with it to her new company, Admiral Title. They just exceed expectations, go beyond uh, what you would expect. So give them an opportunity. Uh, They can do a great job for you. It's Admiral Title 865-531-60 six zero. So we're back in here with Bob Kessling. He's the director of broadcasting for the University of Tennessee. And he's been there for some time now. However, John Ward, I think, started in—I think he graduated with his law degree in '54 from Tennessee, and then he obviously didn't leave till '99. So you have a lot of years ahead of you, right? And yeah, you're, I hope so. You're going to be here a while. <laughs> I hope so, right? But in that last segment, we were discussing. Um, actually, we kind of ended on John Ward and in that transition that occurred and, and how the the baton, I guess you, if you will, was handed off, um, you know, to Bob. And, you know, I think right now for all people who listen to Tennessee sports, you know, they've, they've taken Bob under their wing and it's now the new John Ward in this, in that, in that, um, perspective, from that perspective. Um, and, and you have some sayings that you, that you say, which all of the sayings that John Ward had, you didn't want to take those into your career. How did you handle that? First of all, let me, It's a two part question. Talk about the transition.
2: Well, yeah, it's interesting because um, I was, a, I was flattered uh, when Coach Dickey asked me. Uh, John did his last basketball game on a Saturday, I guess, and Monday morning, uh, Coach Dickey called me, hmm. and he had not, I had not talked, he had not talked to me. I had not heard a word from anybody at UT. I didn't even know if I was a candidate for the job. I hadn't applied for it. Didn't send it a tape or anything.
1: No emails in. All no nothing. Hadn't
2: in. talked to. Hadn't talked to anybody. I didn't even. I didn't know what they were. I was still employed at Channel Ten and doing Jefferson Pilot, uh, SEC football and basketball on television. I was very happy doing all of that, mm. and uh, and still doing the Lady Vols. Actually, yeah. Uh, you know, I was doing the games I could, and then Mickey Deerstone was doing the other ones if I had a TV conflict with an SEC game. So I never knew if I was going to be a candidate or if, if even. Uh, I was even on the radar screen, and then suddenly John does his last game, and Monday morning at seven thirty, Doug Dickey calls me and wants me to come in and talk to him about the job. So that's wow. how Coach Dickey handled that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of things going behind the scenes or any kind of stuff. Coach Dickey waited till John was done, and I respect Coach Dickey a lot for that. Wow, that is amazing. And uh, then he called me in, and uh, I will tell you there were more people that told me not to take the job than there were to take the job. There were the really? number of people told me to take the job was very small because it's so difficult to replace yeah. somebody you know uh, you see gonna, that was yeah yeah cuz you're going to get doesn't matter how good you are or what what kind of work you do you're still going to be compared and st- people are still going to remember you just like you know Mark just like you you still yeah. remember him you still think about those special moments mm-hmm. and it's awfully hard and and if you go back the track record of people that have replaced legends isn't very good right and so and people kept constantly brought other broadcasters kept constantly reminding me that uh you, this is going to be a tough, tough thing to do. But yeah. you
3: knew, you knew you were in the running for it, and Mike Keith. Uh, those are. The oh, only I had no idea. Names. I really? had no idea.
2: No, nobody talked to me. I didn't know.
3: But it was. I mean, we were bannering yeah. around.
2: Well, but there are a lot <laughs> of things circles. people banner around that, <laughs> right. that doesn't mean that they know exactly what's going on. No, right. I, nobody had talked to me at all. Wow. Yeah. Nobody. I'd not not I not had one conversation. You know, mm. when John made his announcement, I had not had one conversation with anybody from UT. Now how's Whether. your
1: relationship been with John over it's the years? Great. Yeah. Been
2: great. He was inducted into the radio uh Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame last summer mm-hmm. and he he asked me to to give his induction speech wow. which was a w- which was a very nice thing for him to do and it meant so much to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh I learned so you know, I sat next to John for 15 or 16 years spotting for him. That's right. And so yeah. I and I and I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut and my ears open, and mm-hmm. I watched how he worked. I watched how he prepared. I watched how he did things. Uh, he taught me more about being a broadcaster and being a professional than anything else. Because his yeah. big thing was always preparation. Yeah. He said you got to be over prepared because
1: just uh, like you're going into court. Probably. It's well,
2: yeah, because you know he has his law degree, so that's right. how he approached a football game. And and so you had to have more information. He didn't want to be surprised during a game, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things he always. Uh, he, he always left with me, you know, be, be prepared. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't have gotten this job or in really any of the jobs I've gotten in broadcasting, if it wasn't for, uh, John being a terrific mentor and kind of showing me the ropes and teaching me how to, to how to do this and how to act like a professional.
1: Yeah. A couple of years ago you were inducted or you won an award. And honestly, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember what it was, but I was listening to your acceptance speech and you were talking about your time um, as a Boy Scout and how, yeah. you know, your brother had had built this, It was it, Pine? Pinewood Derby. And so you had, you had, you know, your brother had spent so much time preparing and and carving and studying and all of that. And, you know, your mom, a couple of days or a day before, tell the story if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think I, it's important because for those of us out there that think we can't do this, you mm-hmm. know, I can't make it, I'm not good enough all of that i think it's a very good lesson well it was a 60
2: 1962 i was a cub scout and every year if you're a cub scout they have a pinewood derby and you take a block of wood and you ca- carve it into a race car mm-hmm. and my brother was unbelievable i mean he's a big science guy and you know he was building model airplanes and i mean just unbelievable stuff and so he started about three months ahead of time <laughs> with his deal and he's out there every night in the garage we we're in texas that i was born in texas and so we're in Texas, Fort Worth. And so he's out in the garage there in Fort Worth, and he's whittling that thing down, and he's carving it and sanding it and putting lacquer on it and painting it and putting decals on it. He developed a wind tunnel with a fan <laughs> so he could see how the air went over the top of this race car. And I'm thinking, well, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, so every night he's – and I'm just sitting there looking at him as he's carving that race car. So now it's time for the Pinewood Derby. I'm, His car looks so good. I mean, it had all these decals and stuff on it. Unbelievable. And a sleek, and so now it's we. I go to my Cub Scout meeting that day of the Pinewood Derby, and uh, my den mother says, "Well, where's your car?" I said, "Well, I don't have a car. I'm not. I'm not putting a car in this thing." She says, "Why not?" So, well, my brother's got the best car. His his car's going to win this thing. I, mean, I can't beat my brother, so I'm not even going to enter the race. She said, "No, you're you're going to enter the race. So here's this block of wood. You got an hour to make it into a race car. My brother's been working on his for three months. I got an hour." <laughs> So I take my little knife out and I kind of carve the the edges off and sand it down a little bit. Take a can of gold spray paint, spray it. You're supposed to to uh, uh, take the middle part out, you know, carve the middle part out and, and put lead in there to make yeah, it lead bright. Rates. late. all that kind of, Well, we didn't. I didn't have time to do that. So we got a bunch of quarters and just taped with masking tape. Taped the quarters to the seat, stuck the wheels on, and off we go to the Pinewood Derby. It's still my car is still wet. I got gold paint all over my hands. So we go on the first, uh, go do the first round, and and I win. My car goes down the ramp, and I win, and that's really cool. And now you know there's like 15 cars or 20 cars or whatever. They just throw it on this wood plank, and then the cars go racing down this track. So I won. Now I'm in the semifinals, and they put my car back up there. It's still wet, and so put it up there again. They flip the lever down, and I win again. And now I'm in the finals against my brother, <laughs> and so I'm lined up right next to my brother's car. And uh, so they flip the le- ledger, uh, lever down again, and here goes my car, and it gets about three fourths the way down the ramp, and the left wheel falls off, <laughs> and it skids across the the racetrack just about a half an inch ahead of my brother. <laughs> and I beat my brother, and I've still got the trophy. You st- I a, saw a, a, it? In a the little video. Little tiny trophy. And, he but brought it with him to that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the proudest uh, mem- mementos I've got in my life because of the fact that, that that den mother impressed upon me so much that it doesn't matter if you're going to win or lose. The key thing is that you compete and see how good you can be. Mm-hmm. And I've always taken that that lesson with me, and that's one of the reasons that probably I had the guts to, to take on this job with the mm-hmm. Vol Network is the yeah. fact that I wasn't scared, Yeah. and if it didn't work, it wasn't because I didn't try, right. but it was I was going to give it my best shot and see what happened. And uh, so that lesson, and I think that lesson and lessons you learn in athletics about mm-hmm. you're going to get knocked down. It's a matter of how quickly you get up. Right. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. So, uh, uh, so anyway, when this opportunity came open to, to replace John on the Vol Network, it wasn't as if I, I wasn't uh, overwhelmed by the task because I knew exactly – how you prepare for a broadcast? Because John had taught me how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't overwhelmed by the situation because this was my school. I played here. I, I know Tennessee, and I, you know, I love the school and I love the the community. I love that, so I wasn't overwhelmed by that, mm-hmm. and I wasn't overwhelmed by the fact that this might not work out but I was gonna give it a give it a shot and um, I'm so glad I did because it is it's been one of the greatest things that ever happened
1: to me yeah well and you know you talk about Tennessee history and you talk about that story you just mentioned and I think that maybe it wasn't a den mother maybe it was a coach or maybe it was maybe it was a uh, maybe it was a parent or whoever it was teacher that, a teacher yeah absolutely that lesson though of hey you know what let's show up and, and let's just let's get out there and do it and i think that 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 really stuck with me of all of the videos and things i listened to as i was preparing um that was one of the things the, the story that stuck out to me because you know you look at just our company and myself personally you know there are a lot of times that you think you know what i'm not qualified for this or I, you know what, I don't have the experience doing that. Or, you know what, there's so many other people that could do it. You know, for our youth today, what a great lesson. Because, you know, show up. You know, you just need to put your gear on, you know. And if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And so that really stuck with me. And I think that's the volunteer spirit. I really think that that's a big part of this community. And, and in the next segment, we're going to talk about some volunteer opportunities uh, with the United Way.
3: <coughs> and about Vol Nation and, and what uh, this topic, um, Bob... When I was back in college in 79, when I first started with the UT band, we had one home game for UT football that was not in Nailen Stadium and, and for two years in a row. And before that, there was one home game that was not in Nailen Stadium. What, in Memphis? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was it Memphis or Nashville? I can't remember. Most of the time you played. It was In Memphis. those days, you played, you played Mississippi State, sometimes Ole Miss in Memphis. And it was oh, considered a home game. Yeah. And uh, so speak Played to the, UCLA
2: there once in 65.
3: Right. So mm-hmm. I guess it was the Liberty Bowl, I think. we, yeah, we played the we Bowl Stadium. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Liberty Bowl Stadium. So the, the question I have is uh, Nation is not just this geographical area. Oh, yeah, it, it's it, true. it kind of spreads out throughout the state. Do you get a lot of response oh, from Oh, there's those? no
2: question. When I go make my station visits and you go to Rotary Clubs in West Tennessee uh at times actually in the offseason the passion is even more over there because they don't get it every day right right they don't get you know daily reports on the radio they're not talking uh every single minute about who's going to be the quarterback they haven't found the mobile apps for that (laughs) (laughs) but they They uh, you know they've got their newspapers and other things and they have other uh, so those fans over there are just starving for information so Mm. yeah the passion is is really great but uh I think when you see when you when Butch jo- and even Butch Jones was kind of uh, overwhelmed at times by when we'd go to Memphis or we go to other places to see right uh, in Atlanta. You know, we show up in Atlanta down there and there's six or seven hundred people in Atlanta for Butch Jones. Butch yeah. was telling me a great story. He was at Cincinnati. They had a their Bearcat caravan, and so they loaded him up and took he and Mick Cronin one time over to a Chili Coffee to an Applebee's for this big Bearcat caravan deal and there were eight people there. <laughs> so he was a little overwhelmed when he shows up in Memphis and there's 600 people and they got to turn them away. And we go to Kingsport and there's, you know, 500 people and they, the fire marshal has to come out and tell him you can't come. It's just, it, it's hard to put it in words, just the passion for Tennessee fans all across the state.
1: Well, you know, I, I tell you, Butch Jones has done a great job representing our university. And I think that people do, you know, for better or worse, they look towards those type of leaders in our community to kind of you know be a role model for for people and and, and his enthusiasm you know and it, very similar I think to Bruce Pearl as it relates to enthusiasm and, and being all inclusive and you know kind of involving everybody he he seems to be a really great fit so we only have about a minute left and so guys if you're out there listening and you liked what you heard today and you want to share this uh, this particular show or the Vol Nation series in general please go to our website it's the um, thehousinghour.com and you can share that whether it be social media or you can just email it Um, we would love for you to interact with us and let us know who your favorite vol is that maybe we could try to get in um, to the studio and interview about our community here but we're here with bob kessling the director of broadcasting uh, for the university of tennessee and in our final segment we're going to talk a little bit more uh, with bob and talk about the united way and what he's engaged in these days other than tennessee volunteers Um, and that is a volunteer opportunity so thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you back right after these messages
4: Market realities in the housing market are making this a great time to buy. Home prices are right. Rates are rock bottom low. It's time to act. But you need a company primed to help you take advantage of the great opportunity. That company, Mortgage Investors Group. Refinancing. First, let's talk about that. What if you could take your 30-year mortgage and turn it into a 15? You could save hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mortgage Investors Group can get it done with payments close to your 30. That way, your house can be paid off before the kids finish high school. If you're a first time home buyer, you're going to love mortgage investors group. They have programs where you don't have to make a huge down payment. Plus their information is accurate and reliable and they get their deals done in 30 days or less. Best in the state for 10 years running. Go to their great new website, MIGonline.com, and find one of the 18 locations closest to you. The opportunities are real. The American dream is within reach. Let's get started. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Equal housing lender. Mortgage license ten ninety one eleven.
5: Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Kevin Ray with the Housing Hour, and we want you guys to call Josh White at Home Harvest. Josh can build a vegetable garden in your backyard any size that you want and that's what he does he can help design a plan for you in your garden call josh today at home harvest and that's at 865-712-2745 home harvest 865-712-2745
4: if you'd like to own a piece of volunteer history, how would you like to own a University of Tennessee Pride of the Southland hat? For a donation of $110, you can have the ultimate collectible, a hat worn by a band member on Shields Watkins Field. The 100 for a Hat campaign is helping the band get new hats this year to replace the ones that have been worn for years. Now you can own a band hat to display at your home or office. For more information and to make your donation for a hat, visit volsconnect.com backslash hundred. Don't miss this chance to own a piece of volunteer history. Donate to the band today. Hurry, this is a limited time offer.
3: Are you in the market to purchase a new home? Many first-time homebuyers and veterans qualify for 2 or 4% down payment grants from the Tennessee Housing Development Agency. THDA offers 30-year fixed-rate mortgages insured by FHA, VA, USDA, or conventional loans. For more information, please visit our website at www.thda.org.
4: Local restaurants, shops, salons, and more with savings of 50 to 90% every time. Live more, spend less. Download the mobile app now. Now that's a real sweet deal. Sweetjack.com. When you think of Sunday brunch, the only name that should come to mind is Copper Cellar West. Featuring everything from omelets made to order to prime rib to an amazing dessert bar. The brunch at Copper Cellar West is simply the best. Copper Cellar. Eat local, eat good.
3: Buying a home makes a lot of sense. Even though home values are increasing, rates are still at an all-time low. Mortgage Investors Group is ready to help you take advantage of these dynamic market conditions. With 18 Tennessee locations, MIG has dedicated itself to taking a caring approach to all your home mortgage needs. So call us today, 800-489-8910 or visit us at MIGOnline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solutions for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. MIG is an equal housing lender.
4: Another umbrella day today with a high of 83 degrees, 50% chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. Sunday looks a little better the afternoon. Sunshine breaks out with a high of 81. From the VLT Locally Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Mike Simon. Listen to News Talk 987 on your computer. Go online to NewsTalk987.com and click Listen Live. You'll find local news and weather, show schedules, contests, and a lot more
0: on our website, NewsTalk987.com. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the Vol Nation Housing Hour, is what we like to call this. We're doing this series with uh, the Vol Nation, and we're talking to past and present Uh, volunteers, VFLs, if you will, and uh, learning more about what makes this community so special, what makes the University of Tennessee and all that it stands for so uh, a kind of addictive, really, and, and why people come back and live here and what it is that's so special about it. And I think Bob um, did a great job uh, kind of uh, centering us and in, in helping us to understand that. Um, and before we get back to our interview, let me tell you guys about another company that Mark and I believe very strongly in, and that is Knox Homes Magazine. They have a real nice color magazine that you'll find at all the Knoxville News Sentinels. And, you know, they have this, this publication. And guess what the best part about it? It's free. And it shows off some of the area homes that are for sale. They have a lake uh, section or the houses that are on the lake. And they have just a really nice reader's digest of the homes that you will like to see if you're looking to buy a home. And a lot of you are right now. Um, Things are very busy. But thenoxhome.com is where you can find them. You can talk to Joey or Jim Hackworth. Um, they do a real good job, real personable guys, and they'll come out and help you understand, you know, if you're wanting to advertise with them, help you understand what that will do and what space that's available. So that's for your realtor, maybe lender out there that's listening. We have a lot of those. If you're just somebody out and maybe you're listening to the show and you're shopping for a home, that would be a great place to great thing to pick up to learn more about what's available out there. So let's kind of jump back in here with Bob and um, you know we talked a lot about the community and what it means to be a, a Knoxvillean and even Tennessean. And that was a great question mark about the whole state really bleeds the orange. Um, even in Vanderbilt, even with this little tiny spike of interest of football, we still <laughs> see a lot of orange come out over there. And you know, one of the things that you have participated in for many years, this isn't your first rodeo with the United way, but, um, you've re- you're the chairperson this year for the campaign. Correct. Tell me a little bit about right. that.
2: Well, uh, I was sitting home last year about uh, November, and I get a call from Ben Landers, the CEO of U- the United Way, and said, uh, your name has come up to be the chairman uh, for the campaign next year. What do you think? And I thought, well, I think it's a lot of work. Mm. And then he said, well, we need you to do it. I said, okay. And uh, I kind of have this philosophy that uh, when you're in a position to help other people, you have the right to say Yes and uh, I like it and uh, so uh, you know you just I can't come up with a reason I mean Kevin when you called me to do the show I didn't put up it much was, resistance no I? not
1: at all so uh, I was telling Mark about that yeah so
2: I, I just think you have the right if you can do it to say yes and if you can't do it figure out when you can do it mm. and so I didn't really know how much work was going to be involved in this but I told Ben I'll do it tell me what you want me to do and we'll do it he said why don't you go out and visit some agencies I said, okay, how many agencies are there? He said, there are 46. I said, okay, I'm going to go visit all 46 agencies. And he goes, well, we've never had a board chair visit all 46. (laughs) And I said, well, uh, one thing that's helped me is the fact that Dave Hart, our athletics director, uh, was a former campaign chair in Tallahassee when he was at Mm -hmm. Florida State. So he kind of knows the responsibility it takes to to be uh, the chairman of the United Way campaign. But he told me, he said, work your schedule. You know what your schedule is. Work it. Uh, this when you can in the spring to make sure that you do a good job with this. Don't shortchange it. Right. Go out and do what you have to do to, to make it work and make the campaign successful. So I said, okay. So I was able to block out huge chunks of time to go visit all the agencies. And so I went to see every single one of them, to see what they do, to see how they help people, to see what their needs are and how we can help them with our funding through United Way. And since then, I've been on CEO calls. So I've gone out and I've visited, I think now the total is 108 of the top CEOs in Knoxville, asking them to help with their companies, help with the United Way campaign. And it's been a, and everybody I've talked to that has done this said it will change your life and your perspective on this. Bert Bertelkamp and Pat Summit and Bruce Pearl, and um, Joe Landsman at UT Hospital and uh all these different people that uh, John Lansing out at uh, uh, out at Scripps Network, they've all been campaign shares. Pam Fansler, you know, at First Tennessee Bank. So I'll, I talked to all of them before I did this, and they said it will change your life and your perspective on life, and, and it will give you a better understanding of our community. Mm. And it's done that. And, you know, for all the time I've put into it, I've gotten a lot more out of it than I've put into it because you see these agencies that struggle every single day just to keep the lights on, but they show up every single day to help people. Yeah. And that's what their goal is, to help people. I yeah. mean, there's a there's a PTA clothing center over in the old Sears building on Central Avenue, and two ladies stock that every single day and give clothes out to kids that don't have clothes or they need to have some kind of school uh, uniform, and they help them with it. And they sit there and they look through coupons in the newspaper to see where they can find some underwear at a discount price someplace, some mm-hmm. store that's got sales on socks or or whatever and, and they do it every single day. There's family promise out here that's helping homeless people every single day and they, they get a, they rent a house from a church for 100 bucks a month and it'll be full of homeless people during the day and, and a couple ladies will sit in there and they will try and figure out what their problems are, whether it's mental health, whether it's just illness or whether they just have fallen on bad luck. And they will sit there all day long trying to help these people and their kids get back on their feet. And you just think that, why do people do this? Mm. But we're so fortunate that they do because they're not making any money. And they do it because they try and help people. It's absolutely a fascinating mixture of, of people that are so kind and have that volunteerism. And they just really have a great feeling to help people because they know if they help people, it makes our community stronger. Yeah, so it's
1: unbelievable. I I, well, I listened to an interview you did with WBIR, but it was the day that you accepted the position. It was kind of funny because um, John Becker, I believe, asked you something and you said, well, today's my first day on the job. <laughs> but you were still able to answer the question and and talk about, um, you know, there's people in our community that are hurting, you know, Mm -hmm. there's people that do not have enough. You know, I just look at myself personally and, you know, we have clothes, you know, out of the closet, you know, that we're trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do with these clothes? Well, there's plenty of things that you can do with these clothes. This disposable income, you need to, all of us need to focus on what it really means to be charitable in our giving. But, um, for somebody like yourself, who, um, is, you know, a face for the community, a Mm -hmm. voice for the community, um, figuratively and literally, um, you know, to see somebody like yourself step out of that limelight and, you know, roll up your sleeves. I I think that's profound, really. Um, But talk about, you know, what others can do and and step out of whatever they're in and say, you know, how can we help?
2: Well, uh, there's a a place called the Samaritan Place out in West Knoxville, and it's a, a center for homeless, aged people. And you think, what? What is that? So, well, these are people that have done what they're supposed to do their whole life. They have raised a family. They have put away their 401k. They have insurance. They have, uh, their cars paid off. Their house is paid off. They're trying to settle into retirement and their kids or some family member then comes in behind them, gets their power of attorney, sells off their cars, cashes in their 401ks. And suddenly these people have done what they're supposed to do their whole life are homeless Mm. at the age of 70. Well, Whirlpool Corporation now has kind of adopted the Samaritan place, and now they're helping. They'll go over there on the weekends and they'll paint. or They'll fix the garden, or they'll take those folks out for walks, uh, or they'll just spend time with them. I mean, mm. you can do that. You can go. Interfaith Health Clinic is another unbelievable facility in town that doctors and nurses just volunteer their time to help people that can't afford this just to get them treatment and get them in there. They fix their teeth. They get them all hooked up. Uh, with the the proper medical spot there
1: uh, agape, agape is another one that I yeah, think of yeah it's for, for the female kind yes. of specific there's a whole bunch of different opportunities
2: yeah they're all kind of, you can volunteer in any of these pl- they all take you in uh, mm-hmm. anything you can right. do any kind of talents or any skills you've got sometimes it's just going to talk to people mm-hmm. you know be a big brother mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know it's the other thing I got involved in big brothers about f- five years ago now four and a half I guess it is and on the campaign video, we show my little brother, William. And, and it was funny, Bert, Bert Camp and some folks from the Big Brothers, Big Sisters came to my office one day in July, mm-hmm. about five years four years ago, I like guess it is now. And uh, they said, uh, listen, we need some people here to be, become Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll try and help you line them." Well, what about you? Can you do it? <laughs> well, no, I don't have time. I mean, I, my plate's full. I don't, do not have time to you do this. You have the right to say yes. Well, I, so I go – no, i was convinced. I'm not doing this. I mean, I don't have time. I've raised my two kids. I'm done with this. This is it. I, you know, I'm not doing this, but I appreciate you asking. And I go home that night, and I'm watching a baseball game, and it's like in the seventh inning. It's 11-2. to two. The game's been decided for like five innings, and I'm sitting, I've been sitting there for two and a half hours mm-hmm. watching a meaningless baseball game mm-hmm. in July. And I could have been out with a kid. I yeah. could have taken a kid to a movie or taken him out and played catch, taken him over to football practice, could have just I want you as my big brother. <laughs> I just got walk talk. Just you know the thing is? Yeah. It's it's just to listen to them. They need right. somebody to talk to. Yeah. So I called I called him the next day and I said, Give me a kid,
1: send me yeah. a kid and I've been with the, William Large, my little brother for about Four and a half years now. I guess. You know, you make such a good point because, you know, the big brother, big sister program, we had um, one of the folks on a couple, maybe a year ago. Um, and it is something that's so needed in this area. We have, unfortunately, a lot of fathers that may not be in the home. And that role model, I mean, we we all have the ability to to do exactly what you're mentioning. And you guys, the nice thing about the United Way by your kind of skill set that the United Way um, offers to these agencies is that, like you mentioned in your, in your interview with WBIR, one of the big pluses of the United Way is that you guys can help do the fundraising right. while they focus on what they do best.
2: That's exactly it. They, those people are not fundraisers. Right. They're social workers. Right. So they need to be out helping people get back on their feet instead of being out trying to figure out if they can we get a bake sale or a car wash this week. Right. And that's kind of what United Way does. It kind of, United Way helps give these people. Now, you just don't give them the money. I mean, they have right. to do a grant. They're going to say we're going to this is specifically what this money is going to go for to and the agencies, you to mean. To the agencies, right. yeah. I mean, you don't just say, "Okay, well, you guys are pretty good. We'll just give you $300,000 right. and have fun." Right. No, you've got you have to put together a grant. How is this money going to affect people? How many people are you going to affect? How are you going to do it? And where's the money going to be spent? And mm-hmm. then a volunteer allotment committee gets together and they allocate the money. So yeah. people at Goodwill, I mean at Goodwill, United Way, Goodwill is part of it. But mm-hmm. United Way, uh, Ben Landers and his, and his staff, they have nothing to say about where the money goes. Mm-hmm. It's all volunteers in the community that give the money. Out. Uh, another fascinating story is Pond Gap School, which is just right over here where we're from the just a little bit from the state from the studios here. So we went in there one day to, to take a visit and because uh, they do an after-school program with the United Way funding. There are 30 different languages mm-hmm. spoken at Pond Gap School, 30. Wow. And they have a big map of the world in the front entrance, and they have pins for where all the kids are from, Afghanistan and Guatemala and Mexico and, and uh, Vietnam. I mean, all over the world. Some of them come here because of Oak Ridge. Some of them come here because of UT. Some of them come here just because – they they're immigrants. They have no place else to go. And but they bring them, put them in pond Gap School. Uh, the day I was there, two kids from Africa showed up. Didn't speak a word of English. And they they mainstream them. And then they stay there after school from 3:30 till seven. And teachers from UT and South College and Carson Newman come in there and they teach those kids English and math skills. And they do it every day after wow. school. It's a it's an amazing story. And not enough of this of these stories are out in the community and people don't hear them enough uh, to understand just how important it is. Uh, I I tell people all the time, we are one bad storm away from being more Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and more Oklahoma without a strong United way would have really been in a lot worse shape than it turned out they were in, which was bad. Mm -hmm. We, we have to understand that we are one storm away from being in a position where there'll be a lot of more people hurting in our community. So it's always a good thing to have a strong United way And that's what we need to really look for this year. And
1: how can they contact the United Way to get involved?
2: Just go on the website. Okay. And, you know, talk to your, if you work in a company, ask your HR people there mm-hmm. what you do. You just write a check to United Way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the address is in the phone book. Just send send a check, and yeah. it's tax deductible.
1: And you away. can also partner with your human resources department so that it can come out. If you wanted to do payroll donations, deductible. and it would be payroll deductible, that's something else. that That's what we do at MIG, and we're yeah. we're excited about that. And, you know, for others that may want to volunteer, you know, Tennessee is the volunteer state. That's right. So there is that opportunity And, and, and let well. me
2: just emphasize, we're not asking... Asking people not to give to their churches right. and not to give to right. their favorite charities. Right. It's just the same thing, I like I was doing with a little brother. Can you, you can do a little bit more. Right. Can you just do a little, even a if it's more. five bucks a month. Right. And, you know, that you sacrifice one coffee mm-hmm. or the people. Starbucks not, coffee. Yeah, well, don't make them mad at you. So. Exactly. <laughs> but well, uh, just sacrifice yeah. one cup of coffee to help the community and and it'll
1: come. You'll you'll get it back. I'm Absolutely. Well, Bob Kessling, thank you so much Thanks, for coming guys. in and Mark, joining us. You. Thanks, guys. And, I appreciate it. And we're going to ask you back on because you said you won't say no. So That's we'll right. have him back. Right. Um, thank do you I get a
2: house or anything for this appearance or what do I get? <laughs> we'll give you a deal. <laughs> there That's you right.
1: go. I, I bet you will. <laughs> well, this has been the Volination Housing Hour series and we want to thank everybody for stopping in with us. Thank you guys for participating and being involved with us. We'll see you